Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, you want to talk about some uh, December 27th and 28th bowl action? More bowls. Let's do it. More bowls. Let's start on December 27th at 1.30 p.m. on ESPN. The Duke Blue Devils, a three-and-a-half-point underdog against the Temple Owls, uh, coming to you from Independence Stadium in world-infamous Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh, yeah. What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Um, Mike, I tell people that if Biloxi is like a poor man's Vegas, Shreveport is probably like a homeless man's Vegas. Um, it's it's not pretty. I've, I've not heard great things. You've, you ever been? Have not, and don't plan to. <laughs> there you no, go. Don't plan to go. I Yeah, it's, it's bad. For yeah, life. not good stuff. I remember when uh, Georgia Tech played in this bowl game back in 2010, uh, they said that the directions to get to Shreveport from Georgia Tech were take 85 south for a mile or so and then get on I-20 west and turn when it says Shreveport. Yeah, that's – yeah. Not great. No. Yeah. All right. Uh, Duke catching three and a half here. Uh, Temple is playing without their head coach. Of course, Jeff Collins now the head coach at Georgia Tech. Uh, he is gone, but the rest of the staff is still there coaching their players. I think that's a good thing. Temple, a uh, a good team. You know they gave UCF a couple of issues. You know they, they're a capable AAC team. Coming up, taking on a Duke team. It's coming off two straight losses where they lost to Clemson by twenty nine and they lost to Wake Forest by fifty two points. Mike, whoops. Um, yeah, we've talked about Duke this year about you know potentially not being all that good, and some of that has really come to fruition. Uh, over the last, you know, couple weeks there of the season. I I just don't know. I mean, I think Duke when they're when they're on and they're motivated and, and things are clicking, I mean, I think they can be decent. You know, you saw them win four games in a row to start the year, three of them being against what ended up being a pretty good army team, a you know, a division champion Northwestern team and a you know reasonably good bowl eligible Baylor team. And then all of a sudden they get into ACC play and they go three and five in conference and and, and feature some pretty questionable losses in there. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this game. And three and a half is not that many, but to some degree, I wonder how motivated Temple is playing for kind of the uh, the replacements. Or it's not the replacement staff, but it's a staff that is likely about to take off and, and go to Atlanta with Jeff Collins. I don't know what to make of this game, Mike. Win one for the Gipper. Yeah. Yeah, win one for the Jeffer. <laughs> I mean, Something like that. Yeah. Um, wonder how Temple's players feel about Jeff Collins bolting. Right, like yeah, there was. I mean, there was some talk when Collins was introduced that you know they had a team meeting and it was all emotional and 
the guys they understood and I don't know, it was, it was very touchy feely, but it was like, I, I don't, I don't know if that's how it went or not, but yeah. So how willing are they to play for the assistance? Mm-hmm. And uh, you have Duke on the other side who really just hasn't been good the last couple months of the year. I mean, you mentioned the Wake Forest loss. That was the most glaring. Uh, we did not see that coming. Mm-mm. Uh, I can't remember who we picked in that game, but we did not think Wake was going to win by a lot, which is what ended up happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Duke's Duke's been a really weird team all year. They have a couple of really good non-conference wins, and then they have a couple of conference losses where you look at it and you're like, what in the world happened there? It's like they didn't even practice or weren't even remotely prepared, which is very unlike a David Cutcliffe team, by the way. So they've been a hard team to really kind of figure out all year long. And we've been trying to decide how good is Duke. Duke might be really bad. Okay, one week Duke looks really good, and it's very confusing. But we're dealing with this on a week-to-week basis with them. I think Temple's a better football team, but like you said, it's a matter of how motivated are they to play. And I think Duke will be motivated to play, but at the same time, I'm just not sure how good they are in comparison to a Temple team that's been real strong all year long. Um, Armstead, the running back, is phenomenal. Um, Almost 1,100 yards rushing. He had 13 touchdowns this year, so Temple's going to try to run the football. Uh, That's pretty clear. Uh, The passing game has been hit or miss for them all year long. Uh, Duke is going to... Uh, their offense is going to be largely predicated on what Daniel Jones does with both his arm and his legs, and that's how it's always been. So if you get a healthy Daniel Jones, you get a healthy Duke offense, and they're clicking on all cylinders, they're a pretty tough team to beat because their defense is pretty strong. But if they struggle to get the ball rolling on offense in the running game specifically, Daniel Jones typically has trouble throwing the football um, when they become more of a one-dimensional offense, as any quarterback would. So this is a very, very tough game for me to to look at. I mean, Duke's a three and a half point underdog. I'm really trying to talk myself into taking Duke to win this game. I just think Temple's better. So it's going to be close. It's going to be ugly. It's all going to come down to which team is more motivated and ready to play. I'm going to take Temple. Um, I think Duke could cover, though, as it sits here at three and a half. I think this could be like a field goal type game. Um, but I think it's it's a low scoring, ugly game. I think uh, ultimately Temple has a little bit too much talent. I think they find a way with all their assistance to win the football game. I really would not recommend betting this game. Do I think this could touch it. This could go either direction very easily. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm with you on that, Mike. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Temple here as well. I have a feeling that a lot of our bold picks are gonna look very, very similar, and that's um, a thing. Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, it's a motivation thing. You're not really in a in a hornet's nest of an atmosphere in Shreveport, Louisiana. Nope. Um, so that that yeah, you got to bring your own juice. Some might say. Um, yeah, let's just go with Temple. They, so one of the things I was going to point out with Temple, Temple is eight and four coming out of the AAC, which is good. It's even better when you realize they lost their first two games of the year. Um, and they, they weren't pretty losses at the time. They lost to FCS Villanova, who's a reasonably good FCS team, but you shouldn't be losing to them if you're Temple. And then they lost to Buffalo, a a Mac team that's had a really good year. Actually, it had been really, really good in a lot of, uh, a lot of the year. But after that, Mike, the next 10 games they played, 8-2. and two. Um, And only losses in there was a 10-point loss to Boston College that was actually closer than that. It was a late touchdown that got some separation for the Eagles. Um, and then they lost to UCF, who hasn't lost in two years. 
And other than yep. that, they've beaten everybody they've played, including Maryland, including you know Cincinnati and USF and everybody. So um, Temple, pretty good. I think got more skins on the wall than this Duke team does at this point. Um, really trending in a better direction than, than Duke is. I think Temple is going to come out playing motivated for their assistance, you know, that might be leaving as like a one last hurrah kind of thing. But like I said, you could easily see this thing going the other direction and, and Duke having a, a pretty big win, you know, last game for Daniel Jones and that kind of thing. Um, as far as we know, everybody's everybody's playing there for, for both teams. So, um, yeah, let's just go Temple three and a half, lay those points, but I, I don't feel great about it either way. That's a pretty accurate representation of how I feel about this particular bowl game. Mm-hmm. Total's 54 and a half. I could see it going over, but probably leave that alone too. Yep. I, I'm not betting this at all. Yeah. Pro tip. Don't bet bowl games in Shreveport. Yes. Or any bowl games, even though I, I bet a lot of them. It's going interestingly. Wasn't this the bowl game last year where Florida state like absolutely tore Southern miss a new one. Yep. This was the yeah. one. Yeah. Florida State had looked like garbage all year long. They scheduled like a makeup game just to be able to get to bowl eligibility. And then they yep. go to Shreveport, the place where motivation goes to die. And they just <laughs> demolished Southern Miss. Yeah. It wasn't pretty. That was good. That was good. That was good timing for Southern Miss. Mm hmm. Absolutely. All right. So we agree. Minus three and a half with Temple. Uh, let's move on, Mike. So that game's at 1.30 p.m. on ESPN. Right afterwards, 5.15 ESPN. The Miami Hurricanes, a three-point favorite against Wisconsin. This coming to you from Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. It is the New Era Pinstripe Bowl. Uh, Mike, why is Miami favored in this game? Uh, Get-back game. Get-back game? Yeah, the I guess. Orange Bowl. I guess. Yeah. Get-back game for last year's Orange Bowl. Uh, yeah. Go Canes. That's right. Our Miami Hurricanes, Mike. Yeah. God. All right. So should we pretend to break this game down? Let's do it. We can. Uh, what's going on with uh, quick update? What's going on with Miami's quarterbacks? Ooh, Lord, Mike. That's Ooh, this, Lord. Seems like, this seems like a good time to touch on that. So is this where we talk about Jaron Williams transferring and then not transferring because now he wants to be there for his brothers? Or do we talk about Nikosi Perry posting like homemade adult films on his social media or where, where do we start here? Uh, we start with Mark Rick, not knowing how to command a quarterback room. I think oh that's gosh. where we should begin. Oh, good. Malik Rozier. Are you uh Rozier? Sorry. Don't want to offend anybody. Are you the quarterback now? Ugh. I say, I say, Maybe? don't want to offend. I, I say, don't want to offend anybody, but you know, then we got another quarterback who's posting adult films on social media. And we got Jaron Williams. Who's like, I'm out of here. And Mark Rick's like, no, you're the starter. Yeah. No, come back. No, come back. I, yeah, there was that stretch kind of in the middle of the season where Nikosi Perry, like didn't play and had a couple games out. And I'm wondering if that's kind of tied together somehow. Um, and now he's a star in the know. porn. In, now he's a star in the porn industry. Yeah. Right. That's, so, you know, that's a Miami ass thing to do, by the way. Makes sense. Um, I don't do this. This whole thing is a disaster right now for Miami. There is no positive juju about this team. Um, Manny Diaz, we found out he's leaving to go be the head coach at Temple. He is going to be coaching in this game. Um, I find that a little bit interesting that he's going to coach in this game. And 
it would have been an opportunity, I guess, earlier in the day to watch his new team play in a bowl game against Duke. Um, but he's not going to do that. He's going to he's going to coach here against Wisconsin. Um, so at least there's that going on. But man, there is just not a lot of anything positive. I don't know that really. How, you, you look at Wisconsin too. This season has been terrible for both of these teams relative to what they expected coming in. I think both of these teams are ready to just be done and just be have it over with. Yeah, uh, I and find they it. Play this bowl game in the middle of the Bronx in December, and golly. Yeah, I just think it's funny that we have an adult film star quarterback in this game. It's not the guy whose last name is Hornybrook. Yay! Yay. Whoops! Something, something horny for Hornybrook. That's yes. Right. Uh, okay. Now, actual game breakdown. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's really good still. Mm -hmm. And uh, Wisconsin's had some offensive line issues this year, and they've had passing game issues with Hornybrook, which has been a thing for a while. It's just like, what <laughs> what quarterback are you going to get week to week with mm -hmm. Alex Hornybrook? Sometimes he looks really, really good. Other times he looks really, really bad. And 13 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. We saw more bad than good this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, he threw for 1,500 yards, and... Wisconsin as an offense really struggled again offensive line play was a big reason why and not getting Jonathan Taylor going in some of the games was a major reason why the offense struggled because running game wasn't as good as it's been in years past um, even though Jonathan Taylor ran for nearly 2,000 yards this year uh, he was the only offense that they had and they got really nothing out of the passing game and in years past primarily last year when they won the Orange Bowl and they were uh, they were undefeated going into the Big Ten championship and they were a team that was you know, destined to be a college football playoff team last year before losing, you know, a big reason why Wisconsin was really strong is because they had the pass, the complement, the run this year. They didn't have that. They struggled on the line and the offense wasn't as good. Defense was not quite as good either. And that's why they were seven and five uh, flip side, Miami, like who's playing quarterback major question. They still have Travis Homer. That's fine. They're leading receiver, Jeff Thomas, no longer with the program. He's going to Illinois. We found out this week. So there's a ton of turmoil at Miami. It's nice that Manny Diaz is coaching this game. I'm going to pick Wisconsin here. I got no reason to pick Miami. They have too many distractions right now. Nobody knows who's playing quarterback or even what quarterback's on the team on, on a day-to-day -day basis. That's a major issue. You're leading receiver transfers. You've had offensive line issues this year, as you have in years past. And the defense, while it's been the better unit out of the two, the defense has not been great this year. So... I like seven and five Wisconsin a little bit more than I like seven and five Miami. Um, I think Wisconsin wins this game. I guess it's an upset by Vegas standards at this point with Miami being a three point favorite, but I got the Badgers here for the second year in a row in a bowl game against Miami. I agree with that. The thing is, is as much as Wisconsin has had some offensive line issues this year at times, I mean, Jonathan Taylor has been special, Mike. Um, he has put it this way on his first carry of this game he very well could break 2,000 yards on the season. Yep. He currently sits 11 yards away from a 2,000-yard season. He's been so good. He on, on the season, he is averaging over seven yards per carry. That's real good. Strong. 280 carries, over seven yards per carry. That's fantastic. Um, and as much as Miami's defense has been really good this year, they have not been all that consistent defending the run. Um and again, you get, you still go play in the cold against you know Wisconsin, a team that can effectively run the ball. I just don't, I don't love this for Miami. They've had again so many issues just around the program over the last month or two or four. Um, 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Wisconsin here as well. Take the three points, but really just win this game outright. Um, you can get Wisconsin plus 135 right now on the money line. So, you know, if you want to do that, you can. I don't know that I'd recommend betting this game against the spread. I, you could easily see Miami getting a couple of cheap scores on defense or something like that and, and just winning the game altogether, no problem. But time will have to tell. If, if there's anything I'm interested in betting in this game, Mike, the total is 47 and a half. I'd probably go under that. I, yeah. I don't know if this is a high-scoring game. Yeah, but even then, I'm not sure I'm going to bet this. Yeah, I agree with that. Leave it alone. Um, so we agree here. Wisconsin plus the three and outright. I uh, think that they get it done for a second year in a row against Miami in the bowl game. Um, but we'll see. Tune in. 5.15 p.m. on ESPN on December 27th. It'll be entertaining. Yeah. And yeah, somehow, some way, you'll get some really good shots at the Miami sideline, I'm sure, trying to find ways to keep warm over there while Wisconsin's got like a strength coach running around shirtless or something goofy like that. That's inevitable. Just keep an eye on Nikosi Perry on the sidelines if he's on the sidelines. And if he's not, I think I'd be more worried. Yeah. I expect he'll be on the sidelines and I expect he'll have all his clothes on. But at this point, who's to say? Right. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Uh, that's all we got for December 27th, Mike. Let's talk about December 28th real quick. We've only got one ACC bowl game that day. It is also at 5.15 p.m. on ESPN. And, Mike, this might be like the game of bowl season, not just for the ACC, but really across all the bowl games. The number 20 Syracuse Orange taking on the number 16 West Virginia Mountaineers. This is in the Camping World Bowl from Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Mike, you're a big fan of Camping World, right? I am. I'm a big Camping World guy. Remind me what Camping World is? Don't know. Not a camper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I tend to be, I guess, apparently this is like a Bass Pro Shop kind of situation. I don't, I don't really know what that is. But, um, you know, yeah, Bass Pro Shop. So if you're a fisherman or a camperman or generally, camper generally outdoorsy folk, um, yes. you, you would probably like Camping World. So go there. Yep. We're not, though. No. No, we're weird. I stay indoors, Mike. Yes. I'm an indoor indoor cat, as they say. Yes. Yep, that's me. That's uh, Syracuse is a one-point favorite here against West Virginia. This could be a really fun, really pointsy game. Uh, lots of scoring. I think the most, the most important little factoid about this game going in is that Will Greer is not playing for West Virginia. The quarterback that's really made that their offense extremely good over the last two years, uh, he's not playing. He's, you know, taking his uh, – taking his ball and going home and he's going to the NFL draft um, trying not to put himself in harm's way here. So keep that in mind. That said, I kind of like Syracuse chances here, Mike. Um, Syracuse has been really good for, you know, certain points of the year. They, they finished pretty strong um, first bowl game in, in years. First time under Dino, Dino Baber is going to a bowl game. I think there's a lot of motivation factors here. I, I think they're going to come in fired up and they're going to have a, a, a good game here. And I, I I think I'm going to go with Syracuse, only a one-point favorite. They started out as an underdog, and then the Will Greer announcement kind of uh, shifted the line a little bit. But I think I'm going to roll with the uh, the orange in this game. I'm not mad at Will Greer. I'm just disappointed that he's not playing <laughs> in this game. So this is supposed to be the game of bowl season for the ACC because mm -hmm. you have two really high-powered offenses. And then that kind of went away once Will Greer decided that, hey, I'm not playing in the bowl game anymore. I'm going to the NFL. I mean, that's that's fine. That's probably the right move for a game that really doesn't grand scheme doesn't matter but you look at Syracuse on the other side they have their quarterback Eric Dungey playing in this game and they're in a shootout against a Will Greerless West Virginia offense so 
I still think there will be a lot of points because West Virginia is one of those offenses where it doesn't really matter who's playing quarterback. They're going to score. That's what they do. Uh, but Syracuse has all their tools at their disposal. And that's why I'm picking the orange. It's real easy for me. It's I'm more comfortable with Syracuse with their starting quarterback than I am with West Virginia without theirs. And that's what it boils down to for me. Yeah. Um, I On some level, like I feel like West Virginia's defense is, is effective. I mean, they're, they're not just a total pushover defense, you know, they're, they're not the team that you would say like an Ole Miss is, right, where they're going to try right. to score 60 points a game because they know you're going to score about 50. For what it's worth, it's one of the better defenses in the Big 12. I, you know, that I don't. Is, that, that's a man. There's a lot of layers to that. Yes. So it depends on how you look at the Big 12. If you look at it like most of us do and you say the Big 12 just doesn't play defense and they're generally trash, uh, then you say, OK, well, West Virginia is just a little bit less worse than everybody else on defense, which it's fine because they're basically playing a big 12 offense in this game. Mm-hmm. That's what Syracuse is. I mean, they are a big 12 offense playing in the ACC. So in some cases, like West Virginia has played in this game, like, I don't know, eight times this year. Like they yeah. played this game. They've played a game like this all year. So like on one hand, you're like, well, West Virginia knows how to win these type of games. And on the other hand, you're like, well, wait, they don't have Will Greer. Mm-hmm. So like, great the defense is fine playing this type of offense they won't quote unquote struggle as much in this game as they would in any other big 12 game they've played this year um against the syracuse offense but on the other hand you're like well they score as much as they usually do without will greer i say no so i'm gonna go with syracuse but who's to say i mean west virginia is comfortable playing in these types of games syracuse doesn't play in these games every week they're not going up against offenses in the acc that score a million points and don't really care about defense and we'll just see who gets to 70 first like Syracuse doesn't play in these type of games regularly and West Virginia does and maybe that's enough to get them over the hump even without their starting quarterback but I'm gonna lean Syracuse here because they have Eric Dungy and I think that's most important see you say that Syracuse doesn't play in these games all that often I mean they probably do as much as any other ACC team does for what that's worth yes that's true Um, other interesting little factoid here Mike no Will Greer Stepping in his place and starting at quarterback for West Virginia, we expect Clint Trickett. Uh, no, he's he's busy coaching uh, what what uh, Scuba Mississippi North Mississippi Community College, whatever that is. Last chance, you. He's coaching last last chance, you. As I believe. Okay. Was. Yep. Uh, stepping in his place, Mr. Jack Allison, who some may recognize that name because he actually transferred to West Virginia from the University of Miami. Mike. Yep. That didn't ring a bell. Yeah. Um, Do you think he's in better shape being in the West Virginia quarterback room or the Miami quarterback room right Uh, now? West Virginia. Although if he was in the Miami quarterback room, he'd be the starter. That is true. That is true. Uh, Jack Ellison, by the way, he is from Palmetto, Florida, which is like a couple hours away from Orlando. So this is like a little bit of a a homecoming kind of game for him. So I don't know if that'll make a difference or not. It probably won't. He's only thrown like 10 passes this year. So yeah, we're about to see a West Virginia team that we have not really gotten to experience at all. So that'll be uh that'll be an, an adventure, but yes, I think we agree on this one. Syracuse, uh, they're, they're only a one point favorite at this point. So I, I think, you know, just lay the one point and uh, they win this game outright, but it should be fun. High scoring. Um, even with a backup quarterback, I imagine that a, a Dana Holgerson offense is not going to be slow or ineffective by any stretch of the imagination. So um, should be fun. Catch that game on uh, on that, what is that, Thursday? 
Yeah, no, that's, that's Friday. That's Friday? Friday. Friday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a Friday like happy hour kind of game. Oh, oh hell yeah. yeah! You've gone back to work for a couple of days, and you're gonna, you know, you need a beer. Go watch that game. That'll be great. Go yeah. If you're doing, if you're doing it wrong, you've gone back to work. <laughs> no. Um. Yes, but that's Friday happy hour time. So, drinking o'clock. Yeah, drinking o'clock. Go check that out. And it's not as fun. It's not going to be as fun as it could have been with Will Greer, but it'll still be pretty fun. So, check it out. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So, Mike, we agree once more. Um, just a quick recap here. Independence Bowl, Duke catching three and a half against Temple. We both have Temple uh, laying the points. Uh, the New Era Pinstripe Bowl, Miami given three against Wisconsin. We're both taking the points with Wisconsin and uh, taking them outright. And then in the Camping World Bowl, Syracuse laying one against West Virginia. We're both uh, given the point and, and taking Syracuse to win that game in a fun one. Um Overall, though, you know, pretty decent little uh, little preview of these bowl games, Mike. Yep, didn't mind it. Absolutely. Uh, so we we do need to get out of here, Mike. We've you know, speaking of uh, drink o'clock, it's it's about drink o'clock for both of us. About that time. We we are going to come back and preview. We've got five more bowl games, including the uh, Goodyear Cotton Bowl, featuring the Clemson Tigers in the uh, playoffs. So. We do have to come back and preview the rest of those. Uh, in the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Hit us up as you're watching the games. You know, Give, your, give us your thoughts on what's going on. Uh, bold nonsense if, if – Miami looks like they're actually like warm and functional in New York City in you know late December. Just let us know because won't be expecting that. Uh, Mike, they can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. And tell them where they can find us on the social medias. Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Please do. Please do. You can also find us on YouTube if you so choose. Uh, that is that is also an option available to you. Just, just so you're aware. Uh, Mike, you want to come back and preview the rest of these bowl games? Yeah, man. Let's do it. All right. Well, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I'm Joey Weaver. We'll talk to you again soon. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Until next time, go ACC. Another loser at the